Welcome to Inspired Surfers on Wavelength Community Radio in partnership with Jimmy's Iced Coffee. In this episode, Jim is in conversation with Andy Med, one of the founders of arguably the world's best independent creative agencies, Mother, and a surfer who loves nothing more than getting in the water with his family. Andy, hello. Um, really nice to say hello. How hello. are you? I, I'm good. I'm, I'm locked in. <laughs> Aren't we all? Where, where, where are you actually at at the moment? So I'm locked in in London um, and keep getting reminders that my, you know, various sort of exciting things that I planned aren't happening, like, you know, reminders for flights and stuff like that. Yeah, that's um, fairly disappointing, I can imagine. Where, where were you planning on going? Uh, I, w- I was going down to France to Hospital. Oh, nice. For, yeah, for a long weekend, and that, that ain't happening. That's a bummer. Is it? Is it always flying? Are you for for surfing purposes? Uh, no, we. Well, we. I've got a place in 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 France in Hoskell, and um, yeah, normally we drive. We do the the sort of long shift so the dog can come and we can have an excuse to stay for longer. Really, um, it's yeah, it's quite a schlep, but it's um, but once you're there, it's brilliant. You know, you've what? got to come there and it, it works. What, what what is drive time? Is it like 10, 12 hours? We we reckon it's ten hours from Calais, but it, we've got it. You know, it's a bit like flying on Ryanair. You sort of hold your breath and just get through it. And it's uh, yeah, ten hours. Listen to podcasts. Um, you know, religiously, sort of two hours on and off with my wife uh, driving and my kids who refuse to drive yet. Uh, they'll be taking over soon. But yeah, it's normally five of us in the in a big caravel boards on the roof and away we go and so you, you got three 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 boys is it i've got two two boys and one girl so izzy finn and atty yeah and they're all sort of uh early 20s now so getting on a bit oh that's cool so when they actually do decide or when you actually force them to properly drive then you can just sit in the back with your missus and just drink beer or wine and hang drink out beer, watch a movie it'll be yeah it'll be like first class yeah, you can maybe go on eBay and buy like a a, a stretch limo and just take that with a, yeah. with a roof rack. Well, we've got we've we've had a caravel sort of surf van for a long time, and that has it's done a lot of a lot of miles uh, backwards and forwards to France, and uh, yeah, it's it's slightly on its last legs. So you have this problem that the uh, the air condition is a little little bit ropey. So. Um, yeah, the heat wave last summer. We were driving through the middle of France in forty degrees, and the air air conditioning packed in. So, oh, man. kind of, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a sort of uh, risky risky adventure driving in our car now. <laughs> but that's good fun. No, it's, it's it's always brilliant. The moment you get there, you kind of just, you know, your shoulders just relax, and you're suddenly near the near the near the sea. It's amazing. Yeah, like that whole deflating thing is really nice, isn't it? And- I, I I I love it. Yeah, it's it sort of yeah. Suddenly you can hear the surf and and uh, uh, yeah, just everything seems to be a little calmer and you know more likely to be more fun. And how come? Uh, I mean, in in Hossegor it's, it's fairly heavy there. Um, how come you chose that? Is it kind of like the location and the food and the waves, or is it just the waves, or what? What made you end up getting? Uh, it was. It's a brilliant accident, really. I I grew up surfing in Cornwall. Um, and I, I put myself down as being the luckiest man alive because my great, great aunt was an artist and built a studio on the beach, um, sort of wooden hut basically, um, on Senan beach. And it's sort of the best place in the world. It's a family thing. So all of the sort of brilliant complexity of that, um, but I guess sort of about 10 years ago, we were starting to think, what well, what if we had our own place? And trying to replicate that in Cornwall, I, I don't think exists and um, and certainly, you know, is unaffordable. So we, we searched long and hard. So we started in Morocco, decided that was a bit hectic. Then we went sort of northern Spain and then we did a summer holiday one year with some friends who live in Barcelona who are also surfing buddies and uh went camping in Hossegor because uh Emma the, the she lived there 
um, or, or had holidayed there as a kid. Yeah. I guess fell in love and um, fell in love with everything. You know, it's, it's, um, it's an awesome place. And we went back a couple of months later to the, um, to watch the, the Quicksilver Pro and bought a house that weekend. <laughs> uh it was amazing and it's sort of yeah sort of it's sort of yeah serendipity tripped over us really it, it was this guy was showing us lots of houses that we didn't like and then said oh there's this other one it's not very nice and it was 200 yards from gravier and is really nice it was exactly what we wanted and um and yeah so we've we've been religiously there ever since then i guess and love everything about it probably except in my case the surf which is brutal especially <laughs> for old man. so hardcore isn't it <laughs> yeah it's amazing i um i think sort of every year i get more and more intimidated by it actually um it's exhausting but i th- the thing i've discovered is if you if you spend some time in hostel and then go back to senan and go back to cornwall Cornwall's just even better. It's fabulous and relaxing. So yeah, yeah I, I I find the surf too much. I am a surfing fraud at the best of times, but Gravier definitely definitely puts me in my place. Yeah, I, I did a couple of trips there when I was about sixteen, uh, sixteen and seventeen. Went with some family friends in their car, and we watched the there was the Rip Curl Pro at Hossegor, and then there was the Quick Pro. At, uh, beer it and um just i remember just being blown away by it i've still got one of the i've got a poster from 1996 uh, of that championship and it's i think it's got tom tom curran on the front when he's always he's always got that yellow helmet on yeah and, um it's proper old school classic design i'll send you a pic because it's, it's really really styling i've got it mounted on my own board yeah we try and um we try and go every year and it's always slightly difficult timing it you know you so you got maybe four days for a long weekend and try and time it to get down and i yeah i have one year sort of as i was walking out of my house shutting the front door i was sort of podcasting the final so we timed it really badly but the the first year we went was was um it was absolutely huge and uh utterly terrifying and um and yeah kelly slater scored a perfect 10 right in front of me and it was like what is this like and it's this incredible experience of going to you know top tier surfing competitions where all of the kind of legendary people are just wandering around on the beach next to you and you kind of go this is just literally the opposite of a football world cup final you know it's just this is amazing you all these people are here performing at a sort of just eye-watering level. And, uh, yeah, and the main thing is just not to go near the water at that point. Yeah, I, I remember being sat on the beach and you're not paying attention to the actual shoreline, you're looking out past. And this this rogue set just came in and, and a, a foot or two of white water just came and cleaned everyone up on the front row. Yes. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's right on the edge. edge. Yeah. It was uh, just floating off. No, it was... It, it, it's. It, it's a, it's a brilliant thing and it's so sort of um so sort of i guess i wouldn't say disorganized but certainly not overorganized and that's what's so brilliant about it yeah i do like that and the fact that you can just kind of look at these people and go well you know a month ago i was just watching you on youtube surfing indonesia or tahiti or somewhere ridiculous and here you are just traipsing up and down the beach you know there's there's no caddy service there's no there's no one like yeah. ferry to the shoreline they're doing it all themselves and it's kind of like it's just a it's a good thing to see it's quite humbling isn't it yeah amazing oh no it's absolutely amazing and then yeah i mean i think the other sort of intimidating thing about hosagor is you know the the quality of the surfing there the the surfers not the surf is mm-hmm. amazing you know it, you see it everywhere but i th- i think particularly you know the surfers you see out in hosagor are just a little bit whoa it is world class, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. We we, we did a we did a, we did a trip in a oh, we we got a big Jimmy's um, work van that I've I've had fabricated into a camp well, it's kind of like a camper first and then a work van. So it's a big Mercedes Vario thing, so we can fit the family in and take surfboards and stuff. And we did a trip down to um, 
northern Spain to a little place called San Vicente de la Baquera, which is just this incredible little spot. We were we were planning on driving all the way across the north coast to the west coast, yeah. and we stumbled across this one campsite, and we found one of the last pitches right on this reservoir. Um, and then it's a five-minute walk to the beach. And when we arrived, we could just see over the top of this sand dune someone just gliding across the top. Oh, I thought, wow. oh, if the weather stays this good, I'm just going to stay. I think we should just stay here. And we ended up staying there for 12 nights because it was just – it was just it was it was like heaven, and there was just no reason to leave. Um, and we and we started meeting because quite a few people were just camping there for for the whole season. <clears throat> There's one guy next to us who pretty much had his whole contents of his house. He had parrots and and dogs and loads of like awnings and separate kitchens set up, and he was there for the whole season. And you get to know these people after twelve days and stuff. And surfing every morning before um, Soph and the kids got up and. They would either come and meet me on the sand and have their little paper bowl of rice krispies, or I'd get back to get back to the van and wake them up and have a have a cup of tea. So good. No, I mean it's it, it, it that that sort of thing. I, I'm yeah, I'm not a natural camper, I don't think, but I I totally get why you would, you know, and uh, and it's uh, you know it's it, it's amazing just just being walking distance. This place in Senan is is sort of too good to be true really you, you you literally you're on the beach and you get up and you it's one of those places where you're right in front of it and so you get up and you're having a cup of coffee sitting outside deciding when you're going to go in and you can move it for half an hour and wait till the water gets a bit further in or gets up to the bank or something but it's there's nothing nicer than just being able to sit and sit and wait I guess and watch I I, I I I can watch people. Oh God, good on you. That's great. So, and has has London been kind of home for you the whole time, or have you have you danced around? Yeah, it's it's really sort of always where we've lived <coughs> um, for work and stuff like that. And um, kids have all grown up here, so we're West London, and um, and yeah, and, and I and I think I like the city in that way. Um, you know, there's there's energy and buzz about it london's a really cool cool city lots going on um and yeah so my kids are my kids are very much sort of brought up as london kids in a way uh and they're now all sort of going off to off to far far and further places so you know one's in glasgow one's in liverpool and one's in dublin at the moment all sort of either studying or living there but um but they sort of yeah i think they definitely call themselves sort of Londoners in the sense of that's that's where they're born and bred. Yeah. Uh, have, they, have they gone down your route in terms of like the advertising and marketing and stuff route or are they gone? Well, yeah, no, no. One's one's uh one's an artist. Uh so my daughter Izzy's an artist and she's living in Glasgow. Uh about to go and do a master's in illustration, which is amazing. Wow. You sort of want your kids to do something interesting and creative. So that that's fantastic. Um did she, she put anything out on Instagram? Has she got like an account? Yeah, yeah. She's uh, at Izzy Illustrates, and she's um, she's she does amazing sort of sort of speed sketching and uh, amazing portraits, sort of uh, graphic portraits. Um, wow. She's she's cool. And uh, then Finn is my middle one. He's the sort of uh, sports jock junkie guy. So he's a uh, he splits his time evenly between surfing uh playing rugby and snowboarding as far as i can work out and then apparently he's he's studying a sports science degree i can't <laughs> i can't see it um how he fits it in i just don't know but he's um yeah he's he's definitely the best surfer of the lot at the moment that's um, cool i think he just takes it very seriously uh you know he's sort of competitive that way and increasingly is keeping me me on my toes i guess I, f- I find it very hard to keep up with him now yeah. and then atty who uh he's studying politics in dublin um wow and is the sort of kooky surfer is he's a surfer as well which is great i mean there's that's sort of my my best moments now are are definitely as i sort of walk down to the beach with with the kids it, it's something amazing about having sort of taught them to swim and now uh now, just sitting out back with them is 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 a pretty cool sort of feeling, actually. 
Um, yeah. And they're all, you know, mixed ability, all of us, I guess. I'm, I'm still not quite the worst, but um, but it's, it's, it's coming soon. <laughs> all in time, all in time. So, and where have you got this? This must be a fairly large quiver of boards that you've got at home. Have you have, have you had to build extensions to put in a, a, a plethora of things, or are they? Um, are you kind of yeah. I, <clears throat> I I don't I, I don't know about anyone else, but I, I, you can't really throw a surfboard away, can you? So so you accumulate them. Um, luckily, we've 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 built a a board shed down in in France, and um, yeah, so that's that's where my boards go to die i guess um broken two in hosegor my, my favorite was this kind of randy rarick um bear sort of you know uh i can't remember what it was eight foot six or something you know beautiful board snapped in two uh <clears throat> pretty awful moment walking out with that yeah bit humiliating if nothing else. moment at the same time though isn't it yeah, it's yeah. No, I was I was gutted, but um, but yeah, my my boards seem to get longer, um, and I, I I sort of get I think more pleasure out of buying what look like cooler boards now with the kids. They they seem to be getting really cool boards, and mine are just getting longer and longer. Yeah. Beautiful, but um, but longer and longer, and um, uh, yeah, I've had to I've had to sort of yeah. I've got a shorter board in um, in France now, but I don't think that's helping me. It's still, it's still hard work uh, <laughs> out there. But you know, getting a really long board in in Osegore is, yeah, risky at the best of times. Yeah, I was going to say taking anything over probably six foot six in Osegore is going to be painful. Just yeah, I, I, and there are some breaks that are all right on certain days, but it's a, it's a increingly it's a good excuse to stay in the beach bar and and drink a glass of rose and watch um rock and as roll. I get older and older and tireder and tireder yeah <laughs> so um with like work stuff so you 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 basically founded mother the mother of all legendary independent agencies in the ad space is that that's right yeah um it's a very lovely description thank you uh yeah, so that was yeah. I started off doing marketing stuff here and worked in Asia a bit, and um, and then yeah, that's twenty three years ago now. So it's it's sort of um, it's pretty long long time um, uh, long time kind of a a, a um, an experience, I guess. Um, I've yeah, it's it's certainly the longest job I've hope I'll ever have. Um, but it's been amazing. Yeah. Really good fun. Uh, you know, setting up a business and then, and then seeing it thrive and seeing the people who work there thrive has been great. Um, and we've, we've had some, some really good moments and really fun times. So it's, it's, yeah, you, you, you get your lucky breaks, I guess. And that, that was certainly mine kind of meeting up with the right guys, um and and it's been brilliant fun and uh continues to be brilliant fun yeah that's amazing. And I'm, I'm now spending a lot of time um setting up uh new businesses so we set up a new business with a i've got um a partner pippa who i also share the house with in france um so me my wife and and pippa share the house in france <laughs> and uh is it the dog cards company she got that yeah, so we we've I mean we basically incubate and um and help other businesses accelerate. So there's a load of different businesses. We've got about like ten different companies, one of which is a card game company. Yeah. And we um so we work with kind of brilliant artists and creatives to produce interesting card games, one of which is Dodgy Dogs, which we did with uh, an illustrator called Georges Julien, who is just incredible. Um incredible talent and he he does these amazing drawings of um animals and people and uh yeah and actually he's he's uh <clears throat> done a whole load of, whole load of um drawings in france as well of of, of hossegal and um he he did the, the these cartoon dogs for a card game which is brilliant we're about to do one for cats as well um but we have a load of different di- different businesses as well so one of which is crowdfunder which is um 
based down in Newquay, so that's that's a good excuse to get get down there. Yeah, um, a little bit more often than I I should probably. Mm. But you know, you've got to make sure it's running and doing its thing, and you know, show your interest. Really important to be there regularly, especially in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all 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 of the crowdfunded team are um, uh, are are very into surfing, and that they the wavelength people, all, all of that gang. They they all kind of work together and and stuff. So it's a really it's it's a really nice kind of working surfing culture down there in Newquay. Um, and so yes, yeah, de- definitely fun to get down there as often as I can. I'm not surprised. I, I did a trip to the to the crowdfunder office, and um, I remember just being a beautiful sunny day and just going upstairs and saying hi to everyone. And then just there's there's just the view out of the office window. And people are talking to you like, oh, hi, so who are you? What are you up to? And you just kind of just blank them just for five minutes and go, how dare you have this view? <laughs> this is yeah. Still, this is well, you, you realise you're sort of in a meeting with them and, and uh, everyone's sort of looking over your shoulder. And, you know, it's a bit like one of those things where you, you must be really boring because there's somebody more interesting behind you. And it, you suddenly realise they're all looking at the surf and then they all just go, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> take a break now and they take a break for an hour and all go surfing come back yeah. in. It's, very, it's brilliant so um with your just before you set up mother obviously were you you were employed or did you have your own company before that as well oh no I, I i was very employed yeah i used to work for coke and people like that so so marketing jobs and then i kind of moved into advertising from um, there became well, self-employed and now i guess unemployable i think after a bit i'm sure you find the same thing it's like once you've done your own business i I, for long enough i think you know you become pretty unemployable i hope you know you you build your own ways of doing things and uh yeah somebody once made a brilliant expression about mother which is it's a it's a brilliant it's a brilliant brand but uh but you know if it's free and independent which is the thing that we kind of value the most i think about it um but would but but would be pretty miserable in captivity. So it's it, it it that that sense of independence and your ability just to make your own decisions is it is amazing. You sort of live and die on your own merits, I guess. Yeah, totally. And uh, I I I totally hear you on that. Um, well, Jimmy's must be the same, isn't it? It's sort of you know ultimate freedom and you know that that that's that's what you get. It's it's the joy of being able to run your own business. Yeah, it is. I mean, you you hear you hear some horror stories of people in our industry in food and drink who've been bought by other companies, um, where it just goes horribly wrong. Um, but then you also hear great tales where someone has bought them and they're no longer independent, but they're actually still allowed just to do what they want to do, um, which is cool. And it also depends on what people want to be doing with their lives, whether they want to carry on or whether they want to sell off a chunk of their equity to go and do something new or or whatever. Um, but it's been a it's been a really interesting journey so far um some obviously incredible highs and some ridiculously silly lows um yeah i think they it, it all it all levels out to a to a higher plateau than just doing something where you don't experience those highs and lows so i have i have really really enjoyed it it's been good fun yeah the thing i'm doing now with with all of these startups and everything is you know hopefully the same spirit as mother which is helping people kind of really relish and enjoy that experience of independence and freedom of running your own business but also finding the right partner to take the business forward when it's needed so you know as you say some i think it's 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 easier with small businesses i think um to 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 go on and have a bigger partner who's going to help you kind of move forwards um and uh, yeah that's our ambition is is that when people do get to that stage that they scale and all those things that they they still keep all the best bits with them um and move forwards rather than that kind of sense of somebody somebody stealing your baby basically which yeah it doesn't feel so good uh and doesn't doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily carry on in the way that independent businesses run which is which is kind of you know using day-to-day sort of you know nows i guess and um you know proper entrepreneurial spirit it's it's very different to working for a big company i think yeah did did you do you have like a eureka moment when you went right i'm i'm done with employment and now i'm done with 
being self-employed and now I want to start my own thing? Was it a was it a certain thing that? Oh, I wish it, I, I wish it was that smart. No, uh, my mate Robert just rang me up. I was uh, working in Thailand at the time, and uh, it was pretty cool. You know, uh, my my life was pretty sorted. The food's fantastic, um, yeah. and uh, and he just rang me up and actually used an amazing line. You know, and I was going, "Don't be ridiculous! I've, I've everything sorted here. I can't possibly stop my responsible grown up job." And he's just went the right time's always too soon, which is just a brilliant expression. And um, yeah, I ended up getting on a plane, coming back here, going for a beer with him, doing a deal, and flying back and resigning. So it was kind of it, it was sort of dramatic and brilliant mo- sort of turning point, I guess. And never looked back from that. No, don't don't want to work for anyone else again. You know, that's so that was the two of you that started it. No, no, no. There were there, it had just started actually. I, I I knew Robert from a bit before, and there were effectively five of us who who set it up, and and pretty much the same people who are running it now, which is pretty unusual, I think, as well. You know that that we're we're a sort of you know brilliantly dysfunctional gang of of people who um, you know pretty much same same people for twenty years. That's that's also brilliant you know having a having a set of amazing partners is is pretty important in all of that oh it's it's so awesome we, we've got a we've got a team a, a core team that's made up of um five directors and it's taken a while to get us to this place so the like the last the last person who joined us was two years ago who's our managing director a guy called rick and um since we've been in this lockdown we've just been having zoom meetings every morning at nine o'clock and we we'll probably spend about twenty minutes just chatting utter shit, um, and then the other <laughs> ten minutes is uh, any other business, and then you come up with something, and then and then you're done. Um, but it's it's amazing to kind of find that I don't know what the description word is, but probably some kind of nirvana kind of state where everyone is just on exactly the same plateau. Everyone knows exactly what's going on. There's no kind of hierarchy challenges. It's all just like we're all here for the for the same reason, and we want to have fun. We don't want to have any stress or trouble so what's the path of least resistance and let's all just let's all do this together and have a bit of a giggle while we're doing it and it's a it's a really nice feeling that we that we've managed to get it to that that particular stage yeah we um one of the businesses we we set up um with a guy called johnny um is is a skincare brand that's specifically it's called nursum and it's specifically designed to help nurses who wash their hands all the time and and have really bad skin problems which is uh pretty topical right now um so so we we we've sort of been starting this business up and it was just sort of building momentum and then and then these crazy times sort of landed on us and the business naturally has gone through the roof and mainly it's gone through the roof is because for every every tube you buy we give one free to a nurse Mm -hmm. so we're you know in the thick of a business that sort of looks as though it was now looks as though it was invented for now. Um, and you can imagine that that business is, is sort of just getting ready to take off. And then this happens and suddenly it's sort of in in some ways kind of multiplied by 10 in terms of what it needs to be doing and what everyone wants from it and everything else. And trying to scale that whilst on a zoom call when whoever could make the stuff is locked down in their own house as well. It has been fascinating, but the the crew we have around that business are amazing. They're all working from different places, doing different stuff. You know, we're basically, we've turned our, our houses into fulfillment centers. We've, you know, I've got mail bags coming out of wherever and, uh, and, and we're doing our best to run it from, you know various different locations around the country and so far so good but you know what we're we're doing is basically sending a ton of um this amazing hand cream to to um to nurses all the time and it's just it's brilliant right now it feels as though it's sort of something that's worth doing you know so a lot of those businesses you think well is that important right now and uh and this one really is so yeah that's been amazing getting that group of people moving around that has been really impressive they've, and they've all stuck to it through thick and thin 
And have, have they managed to keep up with all supply chain and stuff for that? So far, we're pretty much there. There's a couple of, hey. you know, bumps in the road. and But that's the sort of thing where everyone just sort of comes up with a different version of how it should be done. Uh, and we've got, you know, we've had a lot of support, you know, we, we, from our suppliers, you know, whether it's packaging or, you know, manufacturing or whatever, they all sort of realise that right now, if we... we we gave half our stock away to the NHS because we thought that was worth doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, if you're doing that sort of thing, people, everyone will do the extra mile for you. So there's a sort of, yeah, what goes around comes around. You know, we're, we're asking things of people now and they go, yeah, you know, you're a good business. So we will do that. We'll, we'll do our level best. So yeah, feels like it's sort of, um, a business whose moment seems to be now. And, and that seems to get everyone, gathered around it and excited yeah yeah so true do you, do you think with um with this shift i mean i read a, an article in the bbc where a bunch of people i don't know who they were but they were they were um asked to do a questionnaire and 25 percent of a few thousand people all said they once all this is um over that they'd be like likely to working from home for for the best part of a week yeah it's 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 really interesting i mean i think there's there's no doubt you can do it yeah, because everyone... there are a load of things that are different. I think um, you know it's like all of these things. Can you run an international business over a video call um, and not fly? Is what the momentum there was. I think people are people are loving the idea of having different ways of working. And you know, we've been doing it for years with Mother. It's always been a kind of like you work from where you like as long as you can do the job brilliantly. Yeah. Um, but I think I think office-based stuff or factory-based stuff is all going to be less appealing. Um, so I think working practices might might change, but I, I, it's not the same, is it? You know, you want to be around a group of people chatting over a cup of coffee on a Zoom call. It, it's exhausting and different in many ways. But um, but I think the other bit which would be weird is is. I think you know people. People will change the, the way they socialise, perhaps a bit. You know, uh, I, don't, I'm, I don't know. People will be, be either naturally more sociable and gregarious and want to be in a crowded pub, or will actually quite like the idea of not being surrounded by tons of people all the time. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting in you know if if in a couple of years' time someone listens back to this podcast and they go, God, actually, do you remember that time and yeah, how things just haven't haven't actually progressed back to normal, and Glastonbury is no longer on because people don't yeah. want to be in each other's armpits. The tube goes down the drain because no one wants to be again in someone else's armpit. It's, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all. Um, yeah, I think I think London is is you know you know notoriously packed, isn't it? So things like the tube that could all really just feel very very different after all this. Um, mm. But also, I think you know how people talk about stuff. You know, we we do, you know, quite a lot of sort of stuff with sort of longer form content type things. You know, and people people are sort of going, okay, so is this the moment where, you know, you know how amazing world events then always get referenced before and after in TV shows or anything else? So, you know, how do you talk about New York without, you know? doing that pan shot that includes the twin towers now is how does how do tv shows and i don't know um how does casualty work post <laughs> this versus pre this everything's going to be different mm. and it's kind of how do those things get referenced in in film and soaps and everything else nobody's sort of worked out that yet um yeah. let alone the fact that you know they, as you say those crowds of people will no longer be a norm but it's just sort of how does how does it play out in drama? It yeah. will be interesting as well. Do you um do, do the rest of your uh, kind of core crew from Mother? Do they surf? Uh, there's a few odds odds and ends of of surfers. There's, there's a few, um, but there isn't a sort of it's not really a surfing culture place. That's that's for sure. Is it, Based it, in Shoreditch, you know, it's kind of like there's, yeah. there's more beards and chai lattes than than surfboards i think but um 
but I think there, you know, there are, there are enthusiasts. It's quite a skiing culture. You know, people quite like the snow and the mountains and yeah. <clears throat> sort of getting away and doing that. But th- there is a fundamental problem with London. It always has been a real problem is that is it couldn't be further from a surf break if you tried in the country, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so That's it's always true. been that thing of yeah, there are enthusiasts who live in London, but you, it's impossible to be a surfer like a proper genuine surfer not like me a fake um and live in london because you can't get there you know it's too it's too much hard work it's geographically bad for surfing yeah yeah um, unless you're flying away i guess i think the only the only one thing that i've seen um that, that has worked is i've got a couple of buddies who run a a, a cool little juice shops company called moju um and uh, since the wave opened up in Bristol, they kind of just book, book every every yeah, month. Yeah, they, they they go and do it, and it was kind of strange. I've been twice, and I have I've had such a great time both times I've been. I think it's such an incredible concept. Um, but the fact that you it's such an orderly queue. I mean, have you, have you been to have you been to the world? I, I went once. I, I was I was staying not to the wave, the the, the one in uh, in Snowdonia, uh, and I went. It was. Oh God! I, I think I, it was last e- Easter or something. Mm-hmm. It was cold and um, and I was very unfit, and I wasn't expecting to go in or anything like that. And <laughs> detoured, having stayed with somebody for Easter, we detoured, and and my son Finn and I went in. I've never done so anything so exhausting in my life because. You can't sit out back and talk like you just caught a wave a second ago. No. Just another one comes at you. So it's it's relentless. I'm, I think it must be an amazing way to get fit. But I haven't made it to the wave yet. So um, it, it's pretty much obviously the same thing. Um, the, the two things I found most amazing about it was um, the fact that you form an orderly queue and you don't have someone just like snaking you who can paddle faster and duck diving in front of you and taking off. It's all very much like... Oh hello, how are you? Nice to meet you. Is this yeah, what for you? Yeah, you know. And then it's like, oh, it's starting. Here we go. And then off you go. And then, and then the other thing is just like being able to actually book a surf, just book to go surfing. I mean, you never ever book to go surfing unless it's you know you look at a long range forecast or a, or maybe three or four days in front of you. But but it's kind of like booking a dentist appointment. You know, like oh next you know Wednesday the fourth of june i'm uh, i'm gonna go surfing at nine o'clock and surf like 15 waves on the left and you know i've never had that kind of experience before and that's and that's quite an interesting thing just being is it and is it like sort of tennis coaching you just keep practicing and you get better at the same wave you know like you've done 44 hands yeah or... yeah it, it's it, it it is that and it's um it's it's I, I really enjoy the experience um and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like when it opens up for you know hopefully this summer when it's actually quite warm. Although um, I'd imagine it's going to be packed or maybe not. I don't know. Well, uh, I guess it's, I guess it's going to be full, you know, yeah. That, that means there's an orderly queue. The, yeah. the, the idea of, you know, early, early in your surfing sort of experience of being able to just practice catching a wave again and again and again and again would be amazing. I yeah. mean, I could have been really good if they had this sort of thing. I know, and that's what I blame it on. I could, we could have both been pro. I'd imagine. Yeah, no, I also blame it on the fact that yeah, you know, I always had the wrong board as a kid. Yeah, you we know. did, and no wetsuit. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a shame. I could have been amazing. <laughs> I'm going to steal all those as well because um, I I officially suck, but I just really enjoy it. I think that's the truth of it. It's it's a it's a brutal thing to be average at you know and i've i've <clears throat> you know i've remained worse than average the whole of my life but there's nothing better that is there than actually when it goes right and you just it's like what just happened there yeah. i still the great thing is i still think it's amazing every time i catch a wave the 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 sort of terrifying thing now is is as kids who I taught to swim now just they just move past me and they're better and they're faster and they catch more waves and do more when they're on their own, on them <clears throat> and it's it, you know it's an incredibly you know rewarding experience yeah. watching that but at the same time it's kind of like you know wow 
that's that's bad. I went out in um, <coughs> La Nord in on um, just after my fiftieth birthday party. Um, I went out with with my son, and it was it was quite big, and and um, you know you paddle right around into this break, and it, it, it's one of those sort of go for it or die kind of breaks where fabulous. If you if you know you, if you don't go now, yeah, you know you're going to end up on the beach with a you know stomach full of seawater. Yeah, uh, and so you really have to take your life in hand. And I, I I had a sort of you know come to Jesus moment there where I just suddenly thought, God, I am too old for this. <laughs> you know, my son just take an amazing way. <clears throat> so so I think I'm 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 moving to sort of you know mature years where i where i watch with pride rather than have to participate quite so much and have to get a bit more leisurely but god I, you know i'd do anything to be good yeah oh tell me about it we, we we went to um we went to oz this christmas for five weeks with the kids and and so for my wife and my, my kids are six and five and, and they love they love playing in the sea and um we went to we were in Byron for a, for about a week, and I got surfing a, a, a few days there. And the the level, I mean, even the even the youngsters, the, the little groms who are just absolutely ripping. And you've got and I'm, I'm basically I'm the most obese person in the whole of Byron Bay. Um, just sat on this board like a like a big fat whale, um, and um, just watching all these these people just do what they do, like like whether it's ballet style dancing from longboarding or or completely ripping it on shortboards and um kind of like a humbling experience and then you go to places like the pass which is just this overrun longboard festival um with people doing the most incredible stuff it's kind of one where you just sit back and watch because it's just amazing um but i remember we we I bought a bought a nice longboard and had it shipped down to apollo bay which is on the great ocean road and we stay with some family friends there and there's a, there's a little harbour wall and this little right-hander that's only thigh high, um, but it's a real nice long little wave and had the had my boy Kip just lying down on the front of that and um, we just caught one of the longest ones and just you, you, you take those mental snapshots in your head and you, and you can, you, you store them in your random hard drive in your brain and you, and you, and you pick them up once in a while and it's a really, really nice thing to remember and uh, we just want to try and keep, keep them in the water as much as possible because i i grew up in dubai and i had i was in the sea probably three or four days a week um when i was a nipper and that was i'd like to try and get our kids to be doing the same thing yeah i think i mean it if you can actually live by the sea it's it's amazing it's a it's a it's a pretty rare uh and privileged thing to do um so i i i definitely sort of get, feel you know just really really lucky we, we we're now trying to go you know spend more and more time in france or um and and yeah to being able to sort of get up for a few weeks at a time and just be able to go and have a surf in the morning come back is just amazing amazing it's definitely not getting on a tube that's for sure yeah are you, are you near that point yet where where you could just Getting there, getting yeah. there. Uh, I think, yeah, increasingly uh, trying to work out whether we, well, it's been a really good experiment working from home uh, to see whether we can, you know, run a lot of it from France for a long time. Mm. Uh, theoretically, you could. Um, but, yeah, to, you know, do, being more uh, valuing of time, I guess, you know, spent a long time kind of, you know, spending a lo- lot of my life working and and now trying to spend a lot more of my life not working and yeah. that would definitely include spending time with my wife um who is less of a surfer but loves i mean you know just loves the sea more than anything else yeah um but you know we we're, we're just talking about being able to spend longer periods of time where it feels like you are you're not just going on a quick holiday. You're actually kind of getting into that life routine. Yeah, when you're not, and, you're not and doing it by the sea, that 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 would be the aspiration. And increasingly, I think that's sort of possible, or you know, getting close. Yeah, that's cool. That's really. I mean, because you've worked so hard over the last what twenty three years, and you had mother, let alone all the other stuff before that. Um, 
it's quite nice doing it gradually, isn't it? So you, you're doing three weeks or four weeks a year, and then the next year you try and do a couple of months, and then eventually you can kind of just let it go. Because if it was a, just a cutoff and you're like, right, I'm done, you, you kind of get there and go, oh, God, I feel like I need to be working. I need to be doing this. What's happening? So that whole gradual. Yeah, it's amazing, that sort of balance. I think, you know, M's been incredibly supportive over the years. And and now we just go, you know, well, may, maybe we should be sort of focusing a little bit more on the other side. And uh, and I think we're getting there. I, I, what what I think is is important. It's it, for me. It's definitely less about oh, take more holidays. It's definitely more about well, if you can just get a month away, mm. that is an amazing start. And yeah. you know, working fewer months in the year rather than having more weeks holiday would be definitely for me the 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 sort of thing because i think you can then just sort of get into a a slightly different pace of life and um uh and i guess focus on yourself a bit more rather than a business yeah that's a really good call i'm uh, i kind of feel like i'm we're in sort of that place because i'm i'm very um bar humbuggy when it comes to christmas for some random reason <laughs> Um, so I quite like getting out of the UK. Um, it was amazing in in Oz. There was no, there's no Santa. There's no glitter. There's no tinsel. It, it's all very much just like oh yeah, whatever. Um, and that was really refreshing to not be bombarded with just advertising and deals and Christmas and Christmas and Christmas. And um, we we did a trip to Nicaragua two two years ago, and they're very much the same. You don't really know what's going on. Um, so we're going to try and just keep that alternate year up of going somewhere kind of quiet and beachy and hot for Christmas. Amazing. Did you, was, do you surf in Nicaragua? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, um, it's a fun spot. Some, some random beaches where, you know, they just say, oh, just mind out for the stingrays and you go like, okay. And then you're paddling yeah. out and it's crystal clear water and beneath you is just this, just stingray aquarium and you're just like oh my god i just don't want to be <laughs> falling off standing up or doing anything here but paddling out as far as i possibly can but um it's yeah a, an amazing place um got a couple of buddies who who uh well used to work out there but don't work out there anymore but it's it's really cool my, my cousin's just gone out with his girlfriend and um they've just completely fallen in love with it and they've yeah got, and they've got a, we um em and i hit a uh very significant wedding anniversary and uh my youngest atty was traveling through central america so you know just traveling by himself and um in his sort of year year off and uh so we just decided right we'll go to costa rica meet him there um and yeah had the most fantastic few weeks there just and just on the coast there on the on the pacific coast beautiful surf absolutely amazing mm. and uh just a really nice place i i loved it the kind of, the, the waves kind of remind me a little bit of cornwall um they're not they're not big fat chunky they kind of just like nice fun kind of waves i know it's obviously varying on different beaches but i think it's kind of kind of close yeah i i mean it was the, the um the various different you know surf spots we went to were just yeah very like cornwall very relaxed um you know not yeah not too serious quite gentle loved it yeah, yeah. and and great warmer though people <laughs> yeah a be- beautiful part of the world we, we we found a really sick little patch of land in in nicaragua when we were trying to buy our beach hut um we just couldn't get hold of it just because the buyer didn't want to sell it so we're like well we've got this money should we should we see if we can buy a plot of land so we um We've got our, uh, whatever it is, some kind of legal document done for someone, our power of attorney kind of thing. And um, and then and then luckily it all fell through um, and the hut got, we got the go-ahead for that. So, um, but it, we, we, to have a place out there would be mega. Um, it's just a case of getting on a plane and you got to fly to Florida and then you got another few hours before you get there. And that's, you know, that's, that's a massive chunk of time and um, jet lag that you've got to get over. That's our little bit of, yeah our logic of france and why we started looking and luckily you know fell in love with with, with southwest of france um because you can get there pretty quickly so we you know we reckon if you fly you can do door to door in six hours which is not much longer than getting to senon you know so yeah, amazing but, but yeah long haul is quite hard work isn't it D- does that ever get rented out your pad in uh, hosegal 
no try not to i think that sort of takes it to a different level it's kind of a home yeah um you know obviously friends and stuff go but um but it's uh yeah it's a home and i I, and it's i think it, it it becomes a bit of a business so pippa has built another house uh near estagno which is again beautiful and she rents that out and it's it's an incredible place to rent um uh but it's but it's a different thing you know that that's sort of like a a a business investment whereas whereas we're sitting around sort of tinkering around hanging pictures and stuff uh when you leave you just shut the door and you don't have to worry yeah it's always the 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 um the whole point of it always in the brief was kind of lock and leave so that you don't have this sort of feeling that uh that you, you need to be there all the time or whatever um i think over over the time we've had it it's it's become a bit less of that when we first got it 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 really was you know just put the shutters down and walk away for 6 months and you'll be the same when you come back but um but i think we're there much more now so and the kids go now with their friends and stuff like that so it, it it's a bit less lock and leave and it's a bit more kind of bit more maintenance and all of that sort of stuff yeah but that's all right you know it's because it's so amazing well and it's your baby isn't it that's super cool yeah oh yeah, man. Yeah. You, you sort of build it well andy thanks so much for your time it's um been quite- well, it's, been, it's been a joy i you know uh it, there's nothing nothing better than talking about surfing really is there yeah, that's a proper uh nice little a proper little escape actually mentally so um yeah i appreciate you sharing these stories well, it's great to meet you as well yeah and you um i hope to um i, hope, I genuinely hope to see you in the water one day yes that you. would be nice okay amazing well hopefully this side of december um for some kind of west coast wave thing would be brilliant or even yeah even a beer in muddyford would work wouldn't it? yeah either way that sounds cool fabulous well thanks take it easy 